It is Way of the Warrior, Eric Hulkerin, along with Ken Evans, covering everything in the world of mixed martial arts. At least that's what we normally do. But today, it will be 47 minutes of us arguing about CM Punk. CM Punk! CM Punk! Congratulations on CM Punk, his big win in court this week. His only win this week. Interesting, by the way. Because I thought for sure we would see a continuance because he wouldn't want to deal with this during fight week. And he's essentially been training and then going to court for a week. Right. It's nuts. It, and a distraction that he probably doesn't need, you know. Or maybe he's one of those dudes where it's good to have other things. Like he could overthink things, get inside his own head. No? To, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so UFC 225 is this weekend. In Chicago, as uh, it's headlined with Robert Whitaker, the champion, at 185, taking on Yoel Romero for a second time. You've got an interim championship between RDA and Colby Covington. You also have... Which, interestingly, we'll talk about a little bit later in the show, was supposed to happen at the last UFC with a different opponent for RDA. Yes. Yes, it was. Um, and we'll talk about that in a little minute, a little bit. And then, of course, you have um, uh, Curtis Blades and Alistair Overeem on this card. You also have Owen One Fighters, CM Punk and Michael Jackson. Dueling, Mike Jackson. Whatever. Um, dueling for which one of them gets to stay on the roster to kick off the pay-per-view. Yo. Okay, so. The least competitive fight in the history of the organization. Actually, it could be very competitive. Kicks off the pay-per-view. It could be very competitive, actually. Whatever. Well, I'm just saying it could be competitive. It's not going to be good. In the same way that you and I kicking off the pay-per-view could be competitive. Yeah, that'd be pretty competitive. (laughs) Relatively. I mean, I don't know. Andre Arlovsky's on this card. So, I mean, how many many complaints can you really have at this point? I I have a zero. Like, let me get this out of the way. I'm super excited to watch on Saturday. It's the lineup I have a problem with. I have no problem with the actual fights. Okay, so... Let's 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 go ahead and talk about what we're going to open the pay-per-view with. You are mad that CM Punk is even on the pay-per-view. I understand the business end of it. I just think like you don't you don't get to start trying to counter my argument I'm before not I talk your, to you. I'm not countering your argument. I think when you've got a guy like Andre Arlovsky and Curtis Blades, it's bizarre to me that you're going to put two O and one fighters on the pay-per-view as a business decision versus using them as the lead in. Okay, so here's my question. Andre's on the main card. Yes. So Alistair and Curtis Blades is your problem, essentially. Because they got bumped. They were on the main card, and then they got moved. You know why? Because the, uh, you know, the card that should come off that card, the, the fight that should come off that card is actually the women's fight, the Holly Holm fight and Megan Anderson. I'm kind of excited to see that fight, but I mean, if you're going to move these things around, that's that's the one I would have swapped out and put on the prelims because I feel like they're not really drawing dollars and they could really set up the pay-per-view nicely with the prelim card on FS1. Uh, so that that is that would be my gripe. But here's the thing, Eric. The reason that CM Punk has another fight in the UFC is because he makes them money. And that's why... They put him on this card in Chicago, set him up in his hometown, and essentially are putting him on the pay-per-view. Because if you want to see CM Punk fight, and there are guys out there who want to see this, they're going to spend the money. They're more likely to spend the money on the CM Punk fight than they are Alistair, than they are Andre, probably than they are Holly. So you put the guy there in that spot that people are likely going to spend their dollars on, and that's why they're opening up the pay-per-view. That's why he's on that side of the clock when you look at 10 o'clock on Saturday night. He's going to be on that side of the clock because he's he's got a curiosity factor. People want to know, is the same thing going to happen to the wrestler that happened to him last time? Yes. You know, 
<laughs> it was it was very interesting. I listened to the Joe Rogan podcast, and he talked about the fact that. You know, Punk was in there against Mickey Gall, a guy he had no business being in there against. 100%. And for the most part, I mean, Mickey Gall came out of nowhere, relatively speaking. Sure. He had been doing this a long time. He was a young dude. But nobody necessarily knew how good he was and where he was going to end up. And once everything kind of went down the way it did, you know, that wasn't a great situation to kind of put CM Punk in for his initial fight. So... I think the UFC is trying to do a little bit of a make good here against a guy that's much closer to his competitiveness. I mean, are we going to see CM Punk one more time, two more times, three more times? I don't know. But if you're going to put him back in there, you do it on a pay-per-view and you do it on a guy with a guy that's very similar as far as uh, where he is in his career and the competitiveness and not against a 25-year-old monster <laughs> at 170 who is Mickey Gall. And correct me if I'm wrong, Mickey Gall also beat Mike Jackson, right? That's how we got here? That's the, yeah, he beat Mike Jackson. That's the booking that we're doing here? Uh, yeah, the, the fight night, I think. So he beat Mike Jackson, and then and, he beat CM Punk. And he beat Super Sage, remember that? He did. Uh, that was a pretty impressive win. That was a choke in the second, I believe. But the Mike Jackson one, and I know I've told this story a couple times, but I just want to reset here. Mickey Gall fights Mike Jackson on a fight night. Mike Jackson goes back to the showers, gets dressed because he's also an MMA journalist as his real job. So he had to sit in media row and finish his job. Well, that's why he only wanted to be in the cage 45 seconds. Right. Because he had work to do. Right. He's like, oh, just here, here. Just so take hopefully my back. he doesn't have a story due while his fight's on the pay-per-view so he can spend a little bit more time in the octagon. So, yeah, I, look, I get it. There's a lot of people upset saying that CM Punk is taking a spot. He's not taking anybody's spot. Well, I mean, to, to your concession... A division that only has five fighters probably shouldn't be on the pay-per-view in the featherweight division, right? Yeah. Women's featherweight has five people in it. Well, not just that, but I mean, the the other point I want to make here is if you're actually looking at fighters going, oh man, so-and-so should be on the pay-per-view, this, that, or the other thing, Alistair and Curtis Blades are going to get more eyeballs on them than the pay-per-view. That's just how it works. You're going to do a million, million and a half, two million, whatever it is on FS1, especially by the headline time. They're not getting a million buys on this pay-per-view, people. 100%. So but, if you're but worried the, about spots, that's where CM Punk could take eyes off of somebody. Is If they get bumped, I mean, this, is sound, this sounds a little nutty because everybody's fighting to be on the pay-per-view and on the main card, but... If you put him on the prelims, because you're not putting him on Fight Pass. I'm sorry, guys. No, no, no. And that's not what I'm saying. But but if you put him on the preliminary card on FS1, somebody's losing eyeballs. Is it going to be Ricardo Lamas? Is it going to be Carla Esperanza? Is it going to be Curtis Blades? Because somebody there is going to lose eyeballs if you put CM Punk there. So your only argument is to put him farther down the card. And I just, business-wise, that makes absolutely zero sense. But you can, like... Forget business for a second. Pretend you're a fan. You can. I am a fan. I don't have to pretend I'm a fan. You can at least understand why people... So the names you just read off. Ricardo Lamas fought for the title at featherweight. Mm-hmm. Carla Esparza is the tough champion in the season that she was competing. I didn't know that. Right? Like, all of these people have reams of fights below them. This guy has one. Right. In the UFC. Uh-huh. You can see why people are jacked, right? Who sold more tickets? What are we doing, though? We're, we're putting a fun fight. Look, here's the thing. If you want to be pissed about CM Punk, cool. That is more than you're right. But you know what I don't want? I don't want to hear boo about pride fights back in the day then. 
I don't want to, like, if you enjoyed when Bob Sapp would show up out of nowhere and then fight a dude, and we didn't even know who he was fighting the night before, if you enjoyed that, you can't be pissed about this. You can't. And I know you enjoyed that. That's why you're being quiet now. No, because I don't. You what? Because I, I will be the first to admit that at that at that stage of my fandom, I didn't know what the hell was going on. I didn't know half the people that were oh, fighting. Oh, I'm sorry. Pride. Smarter Eric Holtgren is going to be mad about Bob no. Sapp now. No, it's not what I'm saying. Hindsight is always you know your way to rewrite history. What I would say though is to compare the two the two divisions or the two companies pride specialized in those freak fights mm-hmm. that was what they did this is not typically save for randy couture and james tony we don't typically do this sort of thing and one would argue james tony had a ton of fights under his belt so did randy just not in the same sport right this guy is essentially coming out of hollywood with no experience other than in a gym in milwaukee wisconsin and fighting for a second time, this time, on a pay-per-view. And my reasoning in the comparisons is that Pride put some fights on that were supposed to be just fun fights. And but that's Bob what they Sapp, did. We don't, we're not, we don't, the UFC well, doesn't put fun fights on. <laughs> that's probably why they're doing this, because you've got that perception. Yeah, and they don't put fun fights on. I, I would say Nate Diaz and Connor are fun. Every time Brock Lesnar comes, it's fun. Even John Jones, when he's able to show up, he doesn't take his dick pills for a couple weeks. He's fun to watch. I think there's fun fights there. I think that you can have fun in different ways. And again, this is a this is a solid card. This is this it is a solid card. I'm not telling you not to buy it. I'm just arguing that I really feel like this is such a weird thing for me that he is on the paper. I understand the business aspect of it. I just find it very bizarre that he's on the pay-per-view. I find it very interesting because this will be one of the first times that you will be at a party, you will be at somebody's house, you will be at Buffalo Wild Wings, and you will have everybody paying attention to that first fight. And, and that's, you, a, that's an ingenious way to kind of kick off the pay-per-view and really get the, the interest level there and see what's happening. And if he wins, they will act as if he won the effing Super Bowl and will overshadow the rest of this card. I don't think so. I really don't. Have you been paying attention? Like, go to MMA fighting right now. The front page is just CM Punk. Right. He gets clicks. There are two titles on the line Hmm. on Saturday night. The front page is just CM Punk. We'll get to Robert Whitaker, Yoel Romero, RDA, Colby Cummings. When? Tomorrow? Maybe. Okay. Maybe. Maybe. I think I don't think it's going to be like he won the Super Bowl. It'll be interesting. I think Joe Rogan will talk to him and be as blunt as he always is. I mean, not rude. But say, hey, you know, you did this. You're in here with a fighter that Can you please leave is comparable. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Can you please leave? And then CM Punk's going to have Colby Covington kick his ass for him. So I would be into that. You- <laughs> Why is Colby mad at Joe Rogan, by the way? Do we know? Oh, because, um, yes, because uh, Joe did some trash talking about Colby Covington. Was it really trash talking, or is this one of those situations where the fighters get mad this when is, Joe is basically telling us what he believes? This is. I'm not saying truth or not, this but what is, he yeah, believes. It's exactly what you said. It was like, I found it pretty innocuous. It wasn't as if. So I might have seen it, so there's nothing like sticking out. No, 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 okay. no. You, I'm sure if you, I looked. if you watch or consume the podcast on a regular basis, you heard him say what he said about Colby Covington. Right. And then the next day, he heard that Colby was mad about it and like apologized and said, come on the podcast, we'll talk about it, which is why Colby's like, there'll be no podcast. We will talk face-to-face like men. Podcasts aren't face-to-face. Can we do this a different way? I don't know. Why I, do I have to I, see you every week I, if podcasts aren't face-to-face? I don't know. <laughs> 
that's kind of interesting. Yeah. So yeah, that'll be fun. Let let's let's jump away from CM Punk because we literally could probably spend. You could. Well, I don't know what else to I tell you. I'm actually surprised we haven't listened to the Living Color song three times. Well, already. you know, I didn't have it queued up here, yeah. so um, it might just be running. You don't know. I'm producing this week. <laughs> it might be running under a loop as we speak. It, it should be. It's the whole show. <laughs> In fact, none of this stuff I'm recording is even part of the show. Right. This is just uh, to placate you and make you think we're going to talk about uh, these meaningless championship fights. Yes, these meaningless that get in the get in the way of watching CM Punk fight again. So, top of the card should be fun. We're going to try to sort out the. This is for the middleweight championship. Correct. There's a legit there's middleweight no, champ. There's nope. no interim on this. Robert no. Whitaker's considered the champion. So, Robert, remember. Let's. So, let, I'll reset it. Remember, this is always a tough one. Michael Bisping and GSP fought. GSP won the GSP. middleweight title. He, left right but he's back that, he's feeling better now but he wants he, to be heavier then he left then he wants to be lighter lighter <laughs> he had also mess ulcerative colitis felt bad oh, that'll help you lose weight so he wanted to be lighter so he relinquished the title which made robert whitaker essentially your actual champion because he basically won the number one contender fight yes. okay. he was the interim champ at the time now he's yes. the actual champ okay so we'll sort this out a little better once he beats yoel romero uh, Do you yeah. believe he'll beat Yoel well, Romero? Because so I think he will. I think he will, too, and I think it's mostly because of what you say just about every week on this program, and that is Yoel is not young. No. And <laughs> um, and Saturday night might be the night it catches up to him. Now, Yoel, as a physical specimen, is a freak, to say the least, but at some point, that stuff has to slow down, and I think Robert Whitaker is a highly dynamic fighter who would have posed a whole bunch of problems for Michael Bisping had that gone down. Yeah. Um, and I, I think this one, I think this is Roberts to lose. I think it will be interesting. I don't think it will be quick. I think those guys will go to war, but I do think Whitaker will win this one. So you think it'll be like their last fight? Five um, rounds? I don't know. I mean, I think... Because that was the interim fight, right? Correct. Wasn't that the interim like, fight? Because this is a rematch. Yes. Robert Whitaker won the first time. Uh, I think that was, I know it was five rounds. I think it was unanimous decision. Yes. Um, and I, do, I mean, I think if it ends, it will obviously end later. I don't think this will be a one and done. Interesting. But I think Whitaker is one of those guys who has a great fight IQ and might have figured out a way to finish Romero. And I think it will happen late once he slows him down a little bit. Because, again, for as big as Yoel is, his gas tank can be a thing. Um and I think you know that's where what a lot of fighters want to do is take advantage of UL in later rounds as his. Well, I mean, he's forty-one. He's forty-one, and he's ginormous. But so. the, here's the interesting thing, though: it doesn't matter if he's forty-one. I mean, he just beat Luke Rockhold, uh-huh. which I thought was interesting. I think I don't think I picked him to beat Luke, so I thought that was a really interesting fight to kind of watch. And that was obviously supposed to have been for another interim title, right? Yes, but that's and that gets us here. Romero got to one eighty. Yeah. I guess this goes back to our little discussion last week about guys missing weight and then they get to fight for the title. We'll I forgot that. he was one of them. We'll get to that in a minute. Oops. Uh, so, yeah, he missed weight, so that's why uh, that fight wasn't for an interim title against Rockhold. And when he ends up winning, he can't be the interim champ, but now he's the number one contender. Correct. Oh, boy. So, yeah, I think we do, I, I think we do need to lock the rankings. I think we do if somebody misses fights. And I, know, I noticed you tweeted out some stuff. It seemed like... MMA Media got on board after the podcast last week. They listened to my point of view. They thought Did it was they? a great idea, and that's what we're doing. It was my idea to lock the rankings. Oh, your idea was to lock the rankings. My idea was to go back to afternoon weigh-ins, which is what we're doing, apparently. So, Which is stupid. <laughs> 
<laughs> Eric, I've been friends with you for two decades. I want to tell you this is the dumbest thing you've ever said. This is stupid. Okay. What look. do you want him to do? Okay, look, we're like, going to hang go, on. Let's... Time out. Before oh, boy. We'll get to RDA and Colby in just a second, but I want to say time out. Let's go back to the start of the program. You're going to tell me that I can't be mad that CM Punk is on this because it's a business decision. But 62 fighters, including the guy who's fighting for the title this weekend, have missed weight. You think it's dumb to go back to afternoon weigh-ins? Here's what's going to happen. You cannot guarantee that those dudes are going to make weight just because you put it later in the day. I guarantee you every fighter will make weight from here on out. You're high. Every single one. <laughs> they will never. No one will ever miss weight ever again. So you cannot guarantee that. Eric can say it out loud as much as he wants. It's never going to happen again. <laughs> you know what you are guaranteeing? Eight less hours for everybody to rehydrate. Eight less hours for recovery. Eight less hours for all of those dudes who were already making weight. That's what you guarantee. Okay. <laughs> that is a guarantee. I, I hear you. But again, you can, I don't believe... You can have these two arguments in bubbles that you think the business decision to put an 0-1 fighter on your pay-per-view to drive pay-per-view sales, a business decision, and a business decision to get people to make weight regardless of the health ramifications of a combat sport aren't the same thing. Right. They're the same thing. They're going to make this decision because they've tripled the amount of people that have missed weight, including some really high-profile ones that have mattered, like Yoel Romero and Luke Rockhold. All right, but if we want to talk about bubbles and having things not exist within context, if you're going to do this, and I, uh, you know, I sent this back to you, if we're just worried about convenience and fights happening, why are we even drug testing? Uh, we should get rid of that, too. Just get rid of it. So, I mean, your slippery slope ar argument... You don't would think lead us down that path. That one business decision to put CM Punk on the front of the card now leads to the fact that we're doing business decision for this, business no, 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 decision no, no, for no, this. No, 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 no. Hang on. Like you're you're making a correlation that I'm not making. I'm saying that an organization that makes decisions that make them money, that's how these things are connected. Right. And I would say if they could prove that USADA is costing them money because of all of these guys that are having false positives or spend time in court or, 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 like, Lord knows what happens to this John Jones kid, right? Like, all the stuff, all this house Well, I think cards. you can prove it. I mean, how much money have they lost on just John Jones fights? So, if they can prove a way to get out of that and still have a drug test that isn't this crazy they would do that too but right now their two fixes are we can start to do fun fights which again if this is what we're doing then then to the same extent that you don't want to see chuck and tito in the ufc ring oh i'd love to see that of course you would that's what i'm saying <laughs> like we can't we can't like we can't live in this weird utopia where it works some of the times and not all the time. We're, we're going to be like, CM Punk fights stupid, but where is that Oscar De La Hoya, Chuck Liddell, Tito fight? Because I totally want to watch that. Is that a real thing? That's where they're supposed to be fighting is in the Oscar De La Hoya promotion. Nice. Even, even Bellator didn't want to touch right, that. Right, Bellator didn't want that. Um, Cage Rage didn't want so to pony what up. what I'm saying is like, I understand from a fighter's safety perspective, but if you've got 62 fighters that want to thread the needle, one of them, let's remember is Kevin Lee, mm -hmm. who did it twice. Um, I, you know They're going to make this decision if they can make it because they want to make these fights. Because if they don't make these fights, they don't make money. And they're walking into this new deal with ESPN where they don't want to have egg on their face in the Disney regime where their title fight for 185, Yoel Romero can't make it because it was at 7 o'clock in the morning. Now, I, I, my 
brain works. I'm a highly functioning human. I understand how stupid it is to say that. That like, I believe Eddie Alvarez is the ideal who tweeted out this week like weight cutting starts months ago not the week of fights and that you're a professional and you should hit the number that i agree with right but that is not happening no what about a lot of people who wanted to go with the one fc method which i think is the best method but it i i admit is that day of is that what it is no it's it's arduous i mean they they weigh you as you're under contract i and always you have to thought be, like you I, have to be within a certain percentage of your weight they weigh you throughout your camp they weigh you the week of the fight and if you're too high you have to go up a division like this I, isn't healthy you're not even close to this and i had always thought that that was the second part of this is that they were going to start doing that where they were going to do spot out of checks, competition out of competition weights where they would go, Ken, you're supposed to be fighting at 85 and you're 226 right now and you're three weeks out. Like, no. Yeah. Right? Right. And and see, and the, the problem is, and if you want to talk about trying to make these fights, is they're, they're not willing to go through the growing pains that things like this take. And I only say that because Dana White kind of said he's going to go back to afternoon weigh-ins. And again, we've barely done this. We really have barely done this. And I get that 62 fighters is a lot, but you're not going to guarantee that all those fighters are going to make weight just because you do it later. I mean, shoot, man. Uh, Romero was at, what, 187. He's not dropping eight pounds just because you give him eight more hours. So, I mean, that you're, you're only guaranteeing your guys don't have time to recover. And if you're a guy who was making that weight and you like the recovery time, now you're getting screwed because of idiots who couldn't make weight. They know what they had to do. They knew when they had to do it. Well, I don't want to go to bed hungry. Don't come in so goddamn high then. Don't be so high that you you have to starve yourself the you, day of a weigh-in. You and I are in complete agreement with this. We've always, as, as we've done this show for a decade, we have always talked that the Uriah Faber, um, Frankie Edgar model seems like the best way to do it. Be within two or three pounds at all times, mm-hmm. and then you could just a day... Right. Hit, hit your weight and you're done. Now, I'm not saying three pounds is the ideal, but don't be so heavy so you can hit it easily and do the do the work over the course of a camp. Yeah. Do the road work. Run. Like all of those things make it so that this becomes a discipline that you can hit. But it is very clear, Ken, that the competitors are looking for an advantage and they're coming in as close to the needle as possible and missing a lot. Mm-hmm. I, I just I've seen a decent amount. I know John Cavanaugh, I think, was one of the guys too. I've seen a decent amount of backlash that I don't think this is going to be as easy as Dana White or the UFC necessarily thought. Well, and to again, begin with, because I, I think he thought the fighters were going to say, "Oh, thank God." And what you have is all the fighters who've been making weight. Like, no, that sucks. I liked having eight more hours to recover. I can eat. I can get my strength back. I don't have to fight the next day. I mean, depending on when you're fighting, you might be fighting, you know, 24 hours later. You weigh in at six the day before. You're on the prelims. You've barely had a day to recover at that point. And if you were making weight earlier in the morning because you were closer to weight, I mean, that's the that's the reason they did this. You, We want people to be closer to their weight. So if they miss weight, that's actually how this is supposed to work. Hey man, you're too heavy. You can't. I can't make weight in the morning. You're not in the right goddamn division. Well, and so, and that leads, which is why I was okay to take this sidebar. That leads us to our co-main event, an interim title between RDA, who competed at 155 and just didn't want to do it anymore because it was the wrong weight to him. Mm-hmm. And here he is once again. He was 
champ at 55, now has a chance to be champ at 170 against Colby Covington because that was the proper weight for him. And once he moved up there, he looked like a world beater. Not that he looked like a slouch at 55, but he looks insane at 70. Yeah, and this is interesting too because he's a guy that did this when he was given an option, essentially, to weigh in later. Uh, didn't he make the jump before the new rules were instated? I believe, yes. You would have to look at his record. But, yeah, I think he just his team just went, all right, 55 is a lot for you. Right. Let's go. Yeah, because, you know? yeah, he welterweight debut was uh, June of last year, which I think was before this. Nope, this has been going on for two years. Has so, it? Yes. That long? Huh. Interesting. So this was in the middle of that. Yeah, in the middle of that then. Okay, fair enough. Uh, but that was after two losses at... 55. 55, yeah. yeah. So obviously he's beaten Robbie, he's beaten Neil Magny, uh, gets the fight for the interim, interim title. title. Yeah. So who's the champ right Woodley. Now? Where is Woodley? What's he doing? Where is Woodley? No, they, he says... Is he injured? He ha- no, he had some news this week that he says that there's big plans for him, and I think it's September is when you'll see him back. So maybe RDA and God Woodley in September. Blessed. Yeah. I'm- figure this division out. Uh, so anyhow, so we've got an interim title match here. I don't know who I want to pick in this one. Man, I you I love the trash talking though. Like the Colby Covington thing could be h- hilarious. Yes, because not only would you have him uh, trash talking Woodley, I think he would be the guy that would then start yelling at Connor too again, which yep seems to have been the plan here. Now it, you know he's calling himself the King of Brazil. He knows he's hated there. For those of you who may not know the whole backstory of how Colby Covington became a heel, he decided that he wanted to attack the nerd culture part of the MMA universe. So he tweeted out the ending to Last Jedi <laughs> as soon as he possibly could, as soon as he figured it out, and immediately caught the ire of most of the MMA community, which is how it gets us here. And he's gone full heel. And a lot of people find him to be annoying. And I can certainly understand because it's not as, for me anyway, not as nuanced as Connor and Chael. It's not as well thought out. It's pretty blunt. Um, but the trash talking is fun and it gives you some fodder leading into fight week. And that's always good to make some noise. And that's the one thing that Connor has taught you, who this week is fourth on the Forbes highest paid athletes on the planet, is that in order to be in that spot, You've got to get attention on yourself. So you're okay with this pro wrestler being on this part of the card? Yes. <laughs> the pro wrestler is 13 and 1? Yes, I'm fine with it. Fair enough. I'm totally fine with it. And if, look, if CM Punk, like, if we can get past this and he wins against Mike Jackson and we can, like, maybe put him on a fight pass or an FS1 card, I don't have a problem with it. Like, but you got to earn your slot. Doing this, like, because here is to go back and then I'm done. I promise. This is this is no different than like celebrity boxing, and that's not really what we signed up for. That's my actual problem. Mm-hmm. But again, here here's my question: Do you do you blame him or do you blame no, UFC? No, I don't. I blame UFC. I don't look. If they called me tomorrow and said you and Ken Evans are on the Chicago card because you're close enough, I'd be like, all right. Why wouldn't I want to do that? Okay. So let's get back to Colby RDA. Uh, This is a fight that apparently was supposed to happen at the last pay-per-view, except we're going to swap out Colby, and that was supposed to be Conor McGregor's fight. It was. For the interim welterweight championship, which I find very interesting. That would have been his third title of his career if he were able to beat RDA. Yes. And then, obviously, uh, he chucked a found a dolly at a, a bus. dolly and that was the end of that yeah that's how that went so uh 
we get this, I guess you could say we're settling for this fight. I don't know that we're settling. I mean, these two guys are the the well, guys. I, I think anytime we got an interim belt, though, I feel like oh, we're settling. Yeah, we are settling for the belt, but like these are the guys that should be fighting for it. Gotcha, gotcha. So does this set up? I guess, I guess in a way that things would set up well for the UFC would be if Colby wins this fight, he's able to fight Tyron Woodley, and then you've got, and it sounds like, I don't know, we, we just don't know because, I mean, Connor's still up in the air. Sounds like Connor's willing to be fighting at 170 now. Does he Does he want out of 155? Well, even? I don't know because there was also that story this week about the rumored tournament, which fell apart. What tournament was that? So they were going to do... Hear about this. They were going to do... Um, so this whole thing, like we're, we need you to fight at 170. You got to fight RDA for the interim title. Oh, you threw a dolly at somebody. You're not doing that. Crap. Anymore, right. Then we're like, okay, uh, Nurmagomedov's our champ at 155. How about we do this thing? Connor Nurmagomedov for the champion. Meanwhile, GSP and Diaz for slot number two. Winner gets champion. They were doing that. That fell apart because GSP didn't want to fight Nate Diaz. No. Not initially, because and we talked, we broke that down. If you missed the podcast last week, on why as much sense as that fight makes, go to back to business. Uh, you don't know how many fights you're getting out of GSP, and I can understand how GSP doesn't want to fight him first. You know, maybe second or third yep. out of those guys. Uh, so that's why that one kind of fell apart a little bit. So we're looking at RDA. We're looking at Colby Covington. Uh, you know, I don't know who to pick in this one. Colby's been pretty impressive. I mean, he's only got one loss on his record. Uh, that Damian Maya win was pretty big. That was a that was a solid win in Brazil uh, back in October, I believe. Yep. So I don't know who are you picking in this one. Uh, I like I really like RDA in this. I just think RDA has looked just spectacular at 170. Hmm. Um, and I think at 170. Safadine, Magni, and Lawler, I think, is a more impressive resume at 70 than. Maya is probably the biggest win of Colby's career. So, I feel like Colby's just got that momentum and that he spot. He certainly has and the that momentum. spot where he feels like he can beat anybody. He certainly has the momentum. I just, um, the way that RDA has looked at 170, I think this fight is super fascinating. Um, so I'm going to take RDA in this one. I think I'll take Colby. He's a little bit younger, not a ton. But I think he's kind of coming into that spot where he feels like he can beat anybody. His wrestling's pretty good. And... Uh, this should be a good fight. Where, where is the, Oh, this is in Chicago. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so he doesn't have to worry about getting murdered. No, he doesn't. May, no. Well, I mean, it's Chicago still. Right. Chicago murdered, Brazil murdered. Scarily close. It's pretty close. <laughs> and then the, the, rest of the, the rest of the pay-per-view card is Andre Olovsky being fed to, to Ivasa. Um, is that what's happening there? Uh, yeah, I don't know total, enough about that dude, so I couldn't tell. totally what's happening with Tui I couldn't tell if we're trying to get... Uh, Andre a win or what we're doing? Well, I mean, Andre is one of those guys. Like, let's remember when he... God, we almost had him in a title fight. When he fought Travis Brown, Damn. like, he was getting destroyed and then destroys Travis. Like, he's one of those guys you just can't count him out until you actually put him out. But Tuivasa is a is just a beast at that heavyweight division. To be fair, the only loss... I mean, he took some... Lo- he was on a four-fight losing streak. Yep. But, I mean, that was against Overeem, Stipe... Uh, Barnett and Nganu. Yeah. So at that point, Stipe wasn't champion, obviously. We didn't realize how massive he was going to be. Alistair, we knew was tough. Barnett, we know, was tough. 
and Ghana, we had, we had no idea. That was still the beginning of last year. Uh, I, I don't remember this Martin Marson Tybura fight though. I'll be honest there, but that was the fight. Oh, that was in Singapore. That's why it was a it was the uh, Holly Holm was headlining that card. Um, he's got a couple of wins. The Stefan Struve thing surprised me. I didn't pick him against Stefan, but that's kind of what Andre does sometimes. He gets in these fights, and you're like, eh, Andre's probably done. Beats Stefan Struve. Do you, and that's what I'm saying. It's like you've got a guy in Andre who just can kind of out of nowhere make some noise, but I really feel like they think Tui Vasa is the guy at 7-0 and and, and has made some noise at heavyweight. Speaking of heavyweight, though, I do want to ask you um, two more questions. The Overeem Blades fight, what are your thoughts on that? Hmm. I think, well, it, it'll, it'll be a slobber knocker, as JR used to say. <laughs> I think that's what we're going to get. And you never know. Alistair's another dude. You talk about uh, which Alistair shows up. I, I, you know, he, he could knock Blade's head off. Blade's could knock his head off. That's, that's why I really like that fight being on FS1, too. I think that's going to get a lot of eyeballs, and it's, it should be a fight that people look at and go, wow, the, that's what you kind of think of if you're a casual UFC fan. Two big dudes just thrown, which I think is what that fight's going to be. You got a strawweight fight in Gedalia and Esparza that's good. People uh, like the lady fights, so that's good. Uh, Bechik and Lamas is on that at featherweight. And here's what's interesting, guys, is that we've talked, and a lot of you on our Facebook page and all over the Internet have complained about these cards and them not being very competitive. And then you look at the fight pass, Ken, of this weekend, mm-hmm. and you have Clay Guida and mm-hmm. Charles Oliveira, Joseph Benavidez and Sergio Pettis, and Rashad Evans and Anthony Smith is your F- is your fight pass card. Interesting. Rashad Evans is on fight pass, friends. Yeah. I'm just telling you. Former world champion. On fight pass. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's there for you. So there you go. If you want it. It's there for you if you want it. That's right. For as long as Fight Pass is going to be there. Okay, so we've uh, talked about the card. We talked about why CM Punk should be where he is exactly. Uh, You were wrong about the afternoon weigh-ins. What else is going on? I was wrong. That's what we're doing. No, he hasn't actually said it yet. We're doing it's happening. You think it's happening? Guarantee. Um, we here, also oh, here, uh, here's one alternative. Now that we've kind of put the fights to bed up for a little bit now. Noon. <laughs> why can't we just do an all-day weigh-in? I think the UFC is making enough money. I, the biggest issue was commissions because you have to pay those guys to be there, essentially to weigh people in. That's why when they did the weigh-ins before, they brought everybody in at the same time. And it, even though it was a giant spectacle, it was an actual weigh-in because the commission guys would be there and doing their weigh-ins. Is it is it that hard to say, hey, okay, guys, ten to six, you can weigh in? I I don't. I mean, I would have to know more about. I don't know. I would have to know more about what the commission's yeah. rules are. I tried to read about it. The the, the one thing I heard was cost, because essentially you don't want to have to pay everybody to be there to all day. There. But I mean, at a certain point, what do you? What else are you doing? I mean, you can't you can't find the day before a fight. You can't let people weigh in whenever they want, or maybe to sign up for two windows. I don't know. Yeah, and I, that would be a lot up to the commissions too, because I mean, we see in New York where they, they decide. On the fly, whether or not you can weigh in twice or not. So, I mean, I get, I get that that would probably cause some more issues. I just really don't feel like fighters who had been making weight should be punished, which they clearly are, by dipshits that weren't doing it right. Yeah, and and I just don't know that those fighters are going to win. I mean, you've got lots of lots of what Dana says clearly doesn't come to fruition, and there has to be consideration to that. He does say a lot of crazy stuff that just doesn't happen. Like, yeah, we're going to go back to <laughs> afternoon weigh-ins, and they may never go back. Right. Um, but if they do, I do believe, Ken, that you know, it is going to penalize people, but they're doing it because 
lots of huge fighters that are bringing them dollars. Yeah. Again, when we talk about this weekend, this weekend is about dollars. Lots of people that bring them dollars are costing them dollars by not making weight. Or mm-hmm. we can't have an interim type title because you missed it by three pounds. Mm-hmm. So, and then the other thing is... Uh, You've got Demetrius Johnson and Henry Cejudo too. Is look like it's being in the works, um, which which is a thing. A thing. I'll be honest. That's really the only fight I was interested in before of Demetrius Johnson. They did a decent enough job the first time that fight came around. So I might want to watch it again now that you know we've seen Henry take a couple more fights and look pretty decent. Well, here's what's interesting: on that same card is going to be T.J. Dillashaw and Cody Garbrandt. So um, your super fight with T.J. Dillashaw isn't happening. But that's okay. It's on the same card. I know. So if it's on the same card, the timing works out. If you still want to end up doing it, it does. Um, I, I just don't like with a guy like D.J. As much as I think he's amazing. It's it's time for some new tests. I don't. Yeah. Know. Henry Cejudo has not shown me anything that means he's going to beat Demetrius Johnson. Well, to be fair, he's he, you talk about the fight pass card. He lost to Joseph Benavidez, mm-hmm. who is on the fight pass card, right? Yes. So that's kind of interesting. I think I think what you got here is you just got a situ- situation where that was probably one of the most interesting dynamics we had was when he fought Demetrius back in sixteen. So let's just run it again and see what happens. DJ round one. That's what happened. Really? Round one. Hmm. He did. He did win that fight uh, in the first round. I think. Did he? Yeah. Because I, I was. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah he I was genuinely yeah. surprised. I yeah. was like, holy crap. So again, DJ minute one. How about that? It's funny too, because sometimes when you when you look at these things in a vacuum and say, oh, that kind of makes sense, and then you start to kind of go into the details, you go, wait, he lost to that dude in like ninety seconds <laughs> in four minutes. Like a guy who never finishes a fight. Finishes you. He lost two minutes. I don't know. That's just where we are in the UFC. Run it back, everybody. Run Run it back. back. They'll forget. All right. As always, you can uh, get everything you need this weekend on Twitter and Facebook by searching Wow Show. Unless it has to do with CM Punk, then we won't be covering it. Um, Look in my eyes. What do you see? Yes. You sound just like him. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, It is Way of the Warrior. I'm Eric Hulkerin. That is Ken Evans, and this is your MMA show.